Lovely way to bring up their centuries here today. They said it wouldn't last. Well, they were wrong. And welcome to episode 100 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and we're going to be bringing you a packed episode this week. Fun and frolics galore. And it's joyous times here at AFTN Towers, not just because it's the 100th episode, but because the Whitecaps have got their first MLS victory of the 2015 season. They're off and running... Three points on the board. Who will stop their mighty Whitecaps? But we're not going to look over the Chicago game. 1-0 win Octavio Rivero with that 86th minute winner. So we're going to bring you a review of that game and our thoughts looking forward to the Orlando game later on the week in a podcast. So watch out for episode 101. But for now, it's episode 100. And we're as excited as predict a pooch with a shiny new ball or a new bone. So what do we have in store for you? Well, we're going to be bringing you a couple of fun segments, a couple of new segments that are going to continue for future episodes to come. So we want to extend our thanks to Jordan Harvey, Russell Tiber and Cal Robinson for taking part in our shenanigans to get this podcast up and running. So let's kick things off with our very first segment, Teammates. What is a team without teammates? And as everyone knows, the Whitecaps have one of the best locker room environments in MLS. Let's just say world soccer, why not? Everyone seems to get on really well with each other, but there's bound to be little things about them that we just don't know. So we thought we would do a little bit of an insightful home truth segment where we can find out things like which white cap is the worst dancer? Who has the worst dress sense? And whose musical taste should never get airplay? So we scared our brains for which white cap might be the best guy to to kick this segment off. We want someone that's good fun to talk to, a really good laugh, and someone that also knows the players well that's been around for a while. So the only person that really came to mind right away was left-back Jordan Harvey. So let's kick things off tonight with our special Whitecaps teammates with Jordan Harvey. We are the most reliable Definitely undeniable it's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates, we. So Jordan, we just want to talk to you today about some of your teammates. Well, we'll start off with some easy ones. Over the years in your career, who would you say is the best player you've played alongside of? 
Well, I got to think back. It's been 10 years, man. That's a long time. Uh, overall, I would have to say uh, my early years, Pablo Mascheroni. He was uh, a great defensive midfielder, and more importantly, he was one of the best leaders I've ever played uh, played with. So I'd have to, I'd honestly have to say him. And if you could pick a dream teammate from anyone currently playing in world football, who would that be? In world football. Yeah. You can do some scouting for the capsule. Oh, man. I mean, there's the obvious choices, but uh, I'm going to go along lines of my position. I think I'd love to play with uh, like a Zabaleta on the opposite side and try to just emulate him the whole time because he's my favorite fullback uh, currently. Now... Alongside, and then there's another player. I, I think a back line just as a defender, but then uh, I'd love to play alongside left center mid, um, either like a John Terry or someone that's just a beast athletically, like a like a company. Um, just to make my job a lot easier, right? <laughs> <laughs> now you've been here since 2011 now with the White Caps. If you look at the squad now and the team now. If this current team played the 2011 team, what do you think the score would be? Oh, come on, man. You don't <laughs> want me to throw my teammates under the bus. Um, man, I, uh, you know what? I think this, this team overall um, is, is a better team. Um, I think we have the talent, but I also think we have the depth, I think, that other teams haven't had in the past. I think this team has the depth. So, say we're going like a like a series game. Say we had a seven game series, this team would win. That's how I. That's how I'll decide that one. That's a good answer. <laughs> now, you say, as you say, you've been in the game for ten years now. Who is your best friend in football? Who's my best friend in football? Man, uh, with football, a lot of people say you have acquaintances. You don't have friends. But I try to remain friends with at least a couple players from each year that I've played uh, in MLS and so man it'd be hard to it would be hard to pick one guy I think I could go down the years and pick someone from each year um, anywhere from uh, Jake Peterson to a uh, man this is like uh, I, I roomed with Dan Gargan one year in Colorado that was he was my best bud that year then there was uh, here right now currently it's Stephen Betashauer uh, before this, it was uh, John Thorrington. It's like all my roommates. It's all my roommates, I'd have to say. And then, and then Jay Demerit was my roommate last year, so he'd be one. Um, in Philly, it was uh, Danny Califf. So, like, honestly, you can't, you can't pick one guy because I keep in touch with all those guys. So uh, I think each year it kind of changes because in MLS, the teams change almost every year. Very true. Unfortunately. Now, looking at the current Whitecaps then, who would you say is the best trainer on the team? We kind of know who the fit guys are, and you're up there from the fitness test this year, but who would you say overall is the best trainer? That trains day in, day out? Yeah. Who puts the hardest working out there? Um, you know what, day in, day out, I think uh, a guy, Russell Tybert, it's, there's, there's not a surprise that he's the most fit because he comes in every day, and you see him doing his prehab, 
you see him doing it with the team, without the team beforehand, and then in training, he's he's one of the hardest working guys. And you can tell by that with this my coach that they track us with uh, every day. So um, I think overall he's one of the top top uh, workers almost every day throughout training. So I think he'd be the overall winner right there. So obviously all the guys put a lot of hard work in and training and on the pitch, but when you're away from the pitch, back in the hotel, whatever, who's the laziest? Who likes to just sit around and not do anything? Um, before it was Nigel. He's not here any longer. Um, man, and I do roommates on the road, so I should know this pretty well. It might be Darren Maddox, because whenever I go to his room, he's sleeping. And every time I've tried to, tried to interview that room, he's been passed out. <laughs> And it's been, like, noon, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but I, I guess I'd go with him. I have to say, if I wasn't coming to training, I'd be in bed till about noon as well. I, I can't knock him for that. <laughs> um, now, we've got a lot of speedsters on the team. Who do you think's the quickest guy that we have just now? Um, it's a good question, because fast and quick is two different things. And who's, who's deceptively quick as well? Like, who do we not think is a quick guy but is actually really fast? Um, Tim Parker, the, the new kid. Um, he's, I mean, everything that I've seen, he's, he tracks down everybody. And uh, I think he won the 30-yard the dash um, when we did that. I think he was, he was up he there. he quite high. Like yeah, he was so quite high. Just... So that's, that's deceptively fast. Um, the quickest I'd have to say is Kakuta Mane. Um, but between like a 10-yard space, I mean, that kid with the ball, I think he's quicker. So like when he gets the ball, I think that 10-yard space, you can't, you can't catch him. Um, but overall speed, um, I think you'd have to go with Eric Hurtado. I mean, that guy... That he guy, showed some bursts today in yeah, training. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and then over, I'd say, 100 yards, I don't think he can be beat. And the power that he runs with, too. It's not just the pace. It's, it's, you, couldn't, you couldn't get your hand on him. Now, a lot of folks saying it's going to be a physical team this year, which I like. That's Scottish football for me. Um, who, which of these guys would you not want to come up against? Who's the hard man that you wouldn't want to play against? You know what? Uh, when we signed Pamaduka, um, <laughs> I was very excited about that just because every time we played against Portland and we'd line up before the national anthems, I'd look over and he is one of the most intimidating guys. I've, he is the most intimidating guy I've ever played against. So to have him alongside you now is... Uh, is really beneficial. Just even just playing Portland uh, the other day, it's like, well, they don't have Pomadu. I've got him next to me, so it was uh, quite the advantage. I thought <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. Um, who's the joker of the pack? Then who's the prankster in the locker room? Um, honestly, I think the coaching staff pulls the most pranks, and they pull them on one another. So uh, <laughs> honestly, if we had to pick a player, I'd say Kendall Waston. But the coaching staff is always playing pranks on one another. And they joke around more in our off time than, than the players. So definitely the coaching staff. Who would you say is the biggest moaner on the team? Barry <laughs> Robson's left now, so you, you can't pick him. So apart from him, Brad Knighton told us once that he was the angriest player he'd ever seen. Angriest guy, in fact, he'd ever seen in his life. But who's the biggest moaner from this lot? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with Kakuta Mane for... Uh, for being as young as he is, he is always complaining about doing laps or doing extra fitness, but obviously that extra fitness and those laps are paying off this year, and you can tell. So um, even though he moans, we still make him run. And you can say yourself for this one, but who's the most intelligent guy that we have on this team? <laughs> I'm not saying myself. 
Uh, most intelligent guy. We've got a lot of young guys. Um, like anyone that wears glasses, actually. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I'd say David Asted is. I'm not going to pick myself. David Asted is the most inquisitive. If you talk to that guy, he has a different opinion than anybody I ever know on different different stuff. So you talk, ask him about one thing, he's going to have a different uh, perspective than yours, without a doubt. And he's always reading as well, and in a foreign language. <laughs> it helps that he that he carries around a book with 500 pages, I guess, too. So do some quick hits now. You're a musical guy. Try to be. Who's got the best taste and the worst taste in music in the locker room? <laughs> I've heard some of well, the stuff coming we'll out. Well, see, it's all, it's all, <laughs> it's from my vantage point. Um, I'm into punk, so it's like, I think this is all terrible music. Yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> uh, really? Um, see, the Spanish music has grown on me, so anytime that's playing, I really enjoy it. Um, man, Eric Hurtado, we were riding in the bus in Tucson, or in the vans, and uh, I had him put his music on, and I... I'm just not into the hard. I'm just not into the hardcore rap, and uh, that's what he's listening to these days. And so it's just not my my thing. I respect it, but uh, Eric Hurtado, man, I can't listen to that stuff. Going on from that, then who's who's the best dancer? Who's the worst dancer? Who? Um, the roommates. I'm gonna go with uh, just because I I did just do roommates on the road with them, and I always for some reason have the guys dance out. Like the outro was like them dancing. And uh, Pomadou was dancing with Scooter and just ragging on Scooter. And, and Pomadou has some, like, really good dance moves to some, like, uh, some African, like, beat music. And Scooter tries to dance to it, and it's just not the same. Now, there's a lot of different haircuts in the, in the camp just now. Some of the rookies. <laughs> We've got a new blonde. I don't know yeah, I'd, this might be an obvious answer, but who's got the worst haircut? And... <laughs> Who's got the best haircut? You know what? I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Russell Tybert for both. You know why? Because I think it's ridiculous hair, and I I would never do it. But because he pulls he he wears it with such confidence, he can pull it off, and so I respect him for that. So he's got the best and the worst. Uh, so of all the guys, who's the longest in the shower? Oh, just the other day, like there's only about four showers here so we have like a line waiting and Keon's froze was sitting there daydreaming in the shower <laughs> and I'm like yo dude like get out um he must have taken at least 10 minutes longer than he had to just sitting in there and I know it's cold outside and I know you need to defrost but there's a line you need to move on so Keon's I thought you just said pa because we had to wait about half an hour for him the other <laughs> night when he finished his shower it's like no he's still in he's still in well thanks so much for doing this Jordan it's been a pleasure and good luck for the season ahead thank you very much thanks man that's been great we are the most reliable definitely undeniable it's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates, we. So that was Jordan Harvey there, laying down the gauntlet for his fellow Whitecaps teammates now. We had thought of really doing this more, more as a one-off just for, for this episode, but it kind of worked out really well that we thought we were going to do a few more over the course of this season. Give a few of the guys ragged upon there a, a chance to have their own say. We're also going to hear later on in the show from Russell Tybert, who's going to do a Canadian national team teammates. And he actually enjoyed that one so much that he then asked to do a Whitecaps one. So 
That's coming up later in the show. Now for this 100th episode, we, we thought we wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit special. Racked our brains as to what it could possibly be. We'd be have a round table discussing our favourite parts of the last 100 episodes. Well that would be pretty boring I think. Then I thought, hey we've got a lot of outtakes here, maybe I should stick some of those in. But unfortunately most of them just seem to really be us talking about Nazis or the size of Terry Dunfield's knob. So maybe that wasn't going to be the most appropriate thing. But digging in the archives, we found some lost footage. So we're going to play that for you now. And it's really bizarre lost footage because it comes from 2011. And not only does it come from before the AFTN podcast had started, it also comes from before Steve and me met. And I think it's definitely a, a sign of one of two things. Either time travel has been invented in the future... Or, and I think this is more likely, one of us, me, has discovered that we are actually a Time Lord. And it just has to be that. So we're going to play for you now. is some lost footage from 2011. And it's Steve and me picking over the bones of Whitecaps' very first MLS game, the 4-2 win over Toronto at Empire Stadium, March 2011. Have a listen and enjoy. What a game that was, Steve. Whitecaps, first game in MLS, 4-2 win against Toronto. I, I'm really, really looking forward to this season. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic season no, for the Whitecaps. totally exciting. The game was just on the ball. You don't know what to expect when it's the first game. Of, <sighs> uh, you know, they've played, obviously, so many preseason games, but with so many new additions and so many, you know, everybody coming together and playing against a team like TFC, who have been, obviously, you know, kind of rebuilt too with... Aaron Winter coming in and a coach like that. So, uh, yeah, fantastic start. 4-2 win over TFC. I, I, I mean, we're sitting here in a, in a near-empty Empire Stadium just now. There's some folk just doing some warm-downs on, on the pitch. You might be able to hear that in the background. But, I mean, just looking around, I mean, where will we start? Let, let's start with the stadium here. I know this is a temporary stadium, but... Oh, looking at the mountains in the distance and the way they've got it set and up. The, great weather today, yeah. too. It was perfect weather. I, I, I would love this to be our permanent home. It's yeah. like, keep BC Place. I don't think we need BC Place. For me, this is a proper football stadium. Yeah, it looks great. It's a great location and everything like that. Obviously, parking's an issue, but other yeah. than that, it's, it's a well, fantastic place. It was place. fine for me. It's like, I, I guess I'm, I, I kind of like it because yeah. I can walk here in 20 minutes. There you go. But... I think the atmosphere, let, let's start with that, the atmosphere that was generated today, it's the first game, the Whitecaps, they've been getting 5,000, 5,500 at Swan Guard for the last yeah. couple of seasons. You don't know what it's going to be like when it goes to over 20,000. It's a big jump. Yeah, and it's like there's a lot of new people that's maybe never been to, to a soccer game before. I, I, I took this game in in the south side, um, and... My, my seat's in the front row on the south side and it was electric in there today. It was bouncing. Um, having, the, having the bleachers jumping up and down, I just thought that was a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, I'm just a little bit off, off to the left of the south side. So, yeah, it was a fantastic atmosphere. I saw you guys all jumping around. But let's talk about the game itself. Yeah, uh, it yeah, started it off, off to a very fast-paced start. Yeah, but uh, on, uh, luckily for us, uh, Jay Nolly came up big in the second minute. Um 
Dero kind of had a half chance, but Dero, uh, Nolly was able to stop it and and, and kept it at zero zero. And um, there was always questions about you know whether Jay Nolly is going to start over Joe Cannon. Uh, so far, yeah. so good, and it's uh, the magic hat is working. I mean, were, were you surprised that he, that he did get the nod over a veteran like Cannon? I think Tater knows uh, Jay Nolly probably a little bit more. Maybe they trust him a little bit, so that's maybe that's the reason why they put him in there. But I'm sure Joe Cannon is going to get in the game here and there. Yeah, I mean, if Nolly plays like he like he did though today there's no way that you're gonna he's, he's not not gonna be in the team I mean he's yeah. gonna be the starter going forward there's no way I can see Cannon getting in barring an injury or a sending off and then for supporters you know Jay Nolly's got a fantastic chant I don't know if you can ever come up with a great chant for Joe Cannon like that no I, I couldn't see that no. coming I mean, no. I mean Jay Nolly he's magic he's got that magic cat yeah. and, and he showed it today and, and his play in that early moment it basically allowed the White Caps to, to stay in the game, calm their nerves, and then they took the lead, 15th minute, yeah. the big man. The Eric Hathley, uh, again, a guy who kind of got signed late in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he's not been here long. and no. I, I, He's settled in, and I'll tell you, from his display today, he's got all the makings of being a cult hero here in Vancouver. Yeah. And then Kubiento as well, he's the one that set it up, from the whipped it in from the left side. I think he was fantastic. Oh, sorry, from the right side, it was from yeah. the right. Well, we'll come to Kumi later, but yeah, yeah I mean, that was it was a great setup. I, it was kind, you're kind of happy that Atiba Harris whiffed on it. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's not going to happen too often in the future, the Atiba Harris whiffing on balls, but but a good thing he whiffed it on this one, and Eric Hassey was able to pounce on it. And ah. then, the, then came the ponchos. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, so, so much to talk about this. Like, like let's, let's talk about the finish, first of all, from Hasley. Rocket. I mean, as you say, Harris, in fact, I, I want to talk a little bit about Harris. Just his overall play today, I know he got a goal, and we'll come to that later. I'm not a fan. I, I just, I'm, he's getting the chances, but I, I don't know. I don't like him. I just think he's, I think he misses way too much, and I I. I I don't really see what you're Well, I team. think he gives a, a more of a physical side to the maybe the the front with the Hasley, and it might be a good pairing in the future. We'll see. They obviously it's only the first game, so we'll see what's going on uh, in the games. Um, I, they really have not much to choose from no, from the bench wise. That's true. I mean, a, a good pairing though is yeah. Hasley and Kumiento with the looks of it. Oh. I mean, they. I think they're going to work well together for years to come, hopefully. And it was great to see after the first goal, uh, obviously the ponchos, but then you see Hasley kissing the badge so yeah. soon coming into the... I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that, that like, fans want to see. He, he was kissing the badge, then later on he was biting his jersey. Yeah. I mean, that's like some iconic images from, yeah. from today that, that you're going to see just play out as the season goes on, used in advertising for the team. But let's talk about the ponchos. Yeah, it's the like, ponchos. And, you know, the organisation wanted... Uh, you know, an organic uh, feel to the cell. You know, this. You know, the way the stadium was can't get any more organic than a ponchos being thrown at them after the first goal. Well, it was kind of yeah. Like you say they wanted organic, but then they give everyone ponchos and they tell everyone put it on so there's a sea of white. Yeah. One. Why are you going to wear ponchos when it's dry and a beautiful sunny well, day? Well, I don't think they expected that. Well, no. They, well, they, <laughs> well yeah, this thing is planned they, oh, they didn't a time. To be dry, yeah. Right? But two. Who on earth in the organisation is stupid enough to think, you know what, I'm going to give some drunken football fans something free <laughs> that they it. can throw? <laughs> like, yeah. In the UK, like, if you give Scottish fans something free, first of all, well, actually, if you give Scottish fans something free, they're not going to throw it. No. And I, I actually have a confession here. I didn't throw my poncho. I've kept it because I don't throw anything away that I get for free. But let's look, let's look at non-Scottish people. If you give an English football fan something that they can throw on the pitch, they're going to throw that on the pitch. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. But at the same time, 
it was fantastic yeah, to see. They had to delay the game. I don't have any a problem with anybody being it yeah. and, and it's not as if I hit anyone. Yeah. Well, maybe a few security people, but who hasn't wanted to throw things at some security people? Um, and then uh, it didn't last long, though, the, the good feelings, because like five minutes later, Duro Boo. scores it, uh, not only the, the first goal of the season, but scores the eighth thousandth goal yeah. of MLS history. So it kind of was, wish we could have scored the second one and, and got that for the Whitecaps. I, I like Dero's one of those guys. I know he's Canadian, and you might like all the Canadian players in MLS. I can't stand the guy. Well, you're not Canadian, so you wouldn't like him anyways. No. Yeah, if it's up to me, I wouldn't have any Canadians <laughs> in our team, but that's just me. I'm sure they will be in soon. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but like for, for that goal, I put a lot of the, br- the blame, though, on Michael Boxall. I was a little bit surprised he got the got the start beside Jay Demerit. Well, but I think he was to, a fault for that. A little injuries to the other guys that were yeah. available. Obviously, uh, a guy who will probably see it later on, uh, Maluda Cool. I'm sure we'll see more of him as the season goes on. I love love Big Malud. I, I he's, have. He's dealing with injuries and everything still from that first year. Yeah, I. It's like Malud's a character. I, like for me, what am I like? I can't think of Malud without the beer. The, well, there was the beer, but also like in the game down at Merlo Field in the playoffs against Portland last season, when the, the Portland players are having to file off past the Whitecaps fans and Timber Joey's walking by after the defeat, and Malud's just there mimicking the chainsaw going... <laughs> I mean, he's a character. I mean, he's a guy. He, he's the guy that you see going forward with demerit. And he's a great character off the pitch, and like he's he's going to do well for us this season. Boxall, I don't see it as being a, a guy that's going to be a starter as the season goes on, really. Yeah, he's more of a long-term developmental guy. I don't think, I don't see him playing too much of this year, um, unless of course there's injuries, like we said. Yeah. But, I mean, that, the the good thing about that goal is it did not sap the atmosphere out the stadium. No. It didn't suck it up. If anything, it ramped the fans up and, then, and it ramped the players up. And then we got a, another goal like another six minutes later yeah. in the 26th minute, and then that was Terry Dunfield scoring from another feed from Cumiento. And he, he, instead of more ponchos, we, we got to jump into the crowd on that one. Yeah, big Terry Dunfield, as I, as I believe he, he's referred to. Um, he, he's a big guy in the dressing room. Yeah, big guy. And it, what was great, it's like you've got two Canadian teams playing, top flight football comes back to Vancouver, and who gets the goal? A Vancouver boy. Yeah. And it's like that, that's the kind of stories that write from yourself. And like to have a Vancouver guy playing in the team. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, we'll see that going forward. I mean, it, he's going to be the first of many Vancouver guys, I think, that we're going to see regularly appear in this team. And for being a local boy, it's like you want him to do well, and it's like he's going to be a fan favourite here. I mean, for the fans sure. are going to love him. There's oh, yeah. no, nothing he could possibly do I don't think so either. That, that would make fans turn against him. No, I don't see it happening at all. I think he's going to be a long-term white cap. Yeah, I mean, he, he's probably going to retire here yeah. hey retire his jersey yeah maybe he becomes a coach or something like that yeah. you never know that was about it for the first half there wasn't very much happening in the first half they had another chance but it was a half chance um, let's go to the second half Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the 100th episode of the AFTN podcast. Yeah! 
And we'll have the second part of Steve and me looking back at the 2011 game against Toronto later in the show. I'm sure you can gather from listening to that, just our football knowledge, even back then, was just so insightful and so spot on. It's no wonder we've got to where we are today. So now let's turn our attention away from the Whitecaps for a little bit and to the Canadian national team. Whitecaps are lucky to have their very own Canadian soccer Jesus in the team, Russell Tybert. So we spoke to him and thought, why don't we get him to do a Canadian national team teammates? And it's a little bit difficult because, yes, the national team changes constantly over the years. Russell's been involved at senior level. He's been involved at youth level, whole thing like that. But we got him to do what we did with Jordan earlier, and we asked him to just basically tell some home truths about his Canadian national team teammates from over the years. So here's Russell Tiber doing just that. We are the most reliable, definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates, we First thing to ask you, Russell, from a Canadian national team perspective, who do you think is the, the best player you've played alongside with for I'm the national team? Yeah, it's I was going to ask you like, who your dream teammate could be. If anyone in the world could become Canadian, who would you like that to be? Oh, anyone? Could it be a player from the past? Yeah. It can be a player... Okay. I'd probably say... Or let's look at it that way then. Like, who, who would be your dream teammate for any player, past or present, Canadian or otherwise? Jeez, mm. that's a tough question, man. I'd, I mean, for me, I'd choose Pele to be Canadian. That would be a, a good a choice. I wish I'd seen him play, never ever got to. That's a dream. Who, who's your best friend on the Canadian national team? The team's always changing. That's a tough one, man. I've had best friends on the Canadian national team that no longer play for the national team. You can pick one of them. Uh, Andreas Persenga. Now, obviously, all you guys train really hard. You're one of the really fittest guys out there. Not picking yourself, who's the best overall trainer on the team? Not necessarily the fittest guy, but who's on the, the best trainer team. on the national team? Uh, on the national team, the best trainer that I had seen up to this date would be Will Johnson. And away from the pitch, when you're not playing, when you're not training, who's the laziest guy who likes to just slob around and laser around the most? That's a tough one, man. Jeez, uh, man. The laziest guy off the field. Uh, I would have to say, honestly, my best mate, Andreas Persenga. <laughs> If you were coming up against any of these guys, like if you were playing for another country or they were playing for another country, who's the hard man on the team? Who would you not want to come up against? T. Hodgson. Who's the joker of the pack? Who's the prankster of the locker room? Probably... Julian de Guzman. And the biggest moaner? Biggest moaner. Actually, for the jokester, there's a couple. I'd say Ian Humes, he's a jokester too. Humes, he's a jokester. There's a bunch of jokesters, man. I'd say Hume and uh, and Guzman. The uh, I'm getting to that. <laughs> the uh, biggest moaner. Like uh, who? Man. Me? 
It could be on the pitch, it could be off the pitch. So who's, who's uh, the prima donna? Jordan, Jordan said Scooter for, for the White Cats. Really? About he couldn't pick ass. Nathan. Uh, for the national team, that's tough. He's always talking. It's so hard to answer these questions because the guys have always been changing. Um, you can pick Pat, though. David Edgar. Who's, who's the most intelligent guy? Probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say Morgan Quarry, but he's the. He's the <laughs> Um, he's the team manager. Uh, besides him, player-wise, probably Andrew, I know. So we'll just do some really quick hits here. Who's got the best taste in music and the worst taste in music? Best taste? I'd probably go uh, Ashton Morgan. Worst taste? Yeah, man. Worst taste? Caleb Clark. Oh, Who's the best dancer, worst dancer? Best dancer. Jordan was quick. He was just... Yeah, but... He, <laughs> this is easy. It's easier for the White Cats because, you know, the yeah. like, national team, it's always changing. Um, best and worst dancer. I don't... I honestly don't know. don't know that one. Last couple of things. You might like this one. Who's got the best and worst haircut? Best and worst. They don't all have to have like man buns or yeah, blonde yeah, hair. No, they all don't, but. <laughs> really got any... I'm bald, oh, so I can't. Randy, Randy and Weenie Bonsu oh. for both. <laughs> He's got something. Oh man, worst haircut, Randy, for sure. And then. Uh... Actually, I'd put Randy as best and worst dancer too. Then Randy for worst haircut and me for best haircut. Nice. Best and worst fashion sense, dress sense. Who's just a nightmare and shouldn't have been allowed out the, the room on their own? Caleb Clark. Worst. <laughs> worst fashion sense, Caleb Clark. Best, me. We'll have to check that out. And final question who's the longest in the shower? Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The longest in the, in the like, Bathroom area, yeah. In the mirror. <laughs> the bathroom area. The longest shower? Ooh. Uh, I'd, that's tough for the national team. I don't know. We never know because we, we're not allowed in the locker room. So. <laughs> that's great. Thanks so much, Russell. And thanks very much. Cheers, man. We are the most reliable. Definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates. So I hope all you fans of Russell and the Canadian national team enjoyed that. Obviously Randy Edwini Bonsu and Caleb Clark got a little bit of ribbon there. So we're going to have to speak to at least one of them, get their take on things and see what their thoughts are maybe on Russell and the rest of their Canadian teammates. So we'll bring that to you hopefully later in the season. Now let's turn our attention back to the Whitecaps. And it's time for more lost footage from 2011 as Steve and me look over the second half and some of those performances from that that wonderful team that Vancouver had in 2011 that I'm sure after watching that game at Empire I wasn't the only one that thought, hey, we're going to win the MLS Cup. So here's part two of that lost footage. Those were the 
So, 2-1 up at half-time, would it last? It's like, you're playing against a team that's been in MLS now for, for four years. You expect them to come out all guns blazing. But it was actually the Whitecaps that really took the play to, to TFC in, in that the second half. Second half. Well, well, Hasley had the ball in the net uh, in the 47th minute, yeah. but it, it was ruled off for a foul, and, yeah. and he got a book for, booking for that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be the last booking we see from Hasley this no. season. No, he seems to be a fiery guy. And then you got uh, Harris uh, after that, Hasley chance, who, who has a chance one-on-one on the keeper and, and just not able to convert on that one. It was just another sign that Harris, like you were saying in the first yeah. half, Harris might not be the guy to be in those chances and converting. I'm, I mean, I, I just have a lot of concerns that you're, you're going to have a striker that has so many chances and just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a striker that, that performs like that, there's no way he's going to hang around in MLS. I mean, no. he's not going to be a guy that's with a team for like two, three seasons or more. No. Maybe they get somebody in the draft in a year or two that can probably get be better at converting those chances. Yeah, get get one of these like speedy guys that that we see playing in all the college teams. Yeah, I um, mean then, um, well, he kind of made up for it a little bit, and like about twelve, thirteen minutes later. Yeah, sixty third um, minute. Yeah, three one Whitecaps, and it was Harris, and it was Russell Tiber with the corner. Um, TFC was not able to clear that ball at all. Um, it kind of went right into Harris's Harris's. Uh, we brace it right in front of him, and then he just just fired it blindly. It looked like into the net. I, I, I was going to say I don't think even he could miss from there, but no. I, I'm not too sure. But well, th- Stephen Fry had a chance to stop it, but he, he just went right through his arms, basically. Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing. It's like that the shot from Harris. It went through five Toronto defenders and Fry on the way to the net, and that's horrendous defending with yeah. TFC. I mean, if they keep that up, they're going to struggle again this year. They almost yep. went down four-one. Um, a couple of minutes later, and as Harris had yeah. another chance, he, he, he should have had a second. He basically got a hit. He got a hat trick for missed chances, <laughs> essentially in this yeah. game. Yeah, um, but that fourth goal did come. Yes, seventy second minute, and I was so. Oh, I mean, I, I can't even find the words to describe the unselfishness of uh, Wes Knight. Wes Knight, yeah, another fan cult, favorite, cult hero, Southside favorite, and. Like, Another guy who could be here for years. Yeah, I mean, Knight has never scored for the Whitecaps. No. He's streaking clear in goal, just got Fry to beat, and you're going to think it's opening day, this is made for him. This is another another storybook moment. This is another story of the game. He's going to bury it, but, and selfishly squares it to Hasley to get a second. Who was all by himself too. I was wondering, where yeah, the hell were the TFC yeah, defenders? Where were that defense? <laughs> well, they, they, they were appealing still. They're still standing there. They thought the that Knight was offside and yeah. he wasn't I mean I've watched the replay now from different angles and he was onside yeah and you know in the West Knight speaking about him you know Jonathan Leathers is a you know a dependable right back and I'm sure he'll get a lot of starts this year and be a uh, you know there won't be you know too many people coming in at right back position well I mean he's got that experience yeah. he was with KC before yeah. and but but I think I think West Knight probably gets some starts at right back and you know I, I see him by the end of the year maybe even uh, taking over the role well, I mean, everyone wants Knight in the team. That, that's the thing. And he, he played fantastic today. I mean, yeah. I th- it was one of the best performances we've seen from Wes Knight. And he's such a nice guy as well. You cannot, you're rooting for him um, to do well. And, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. But 4-1 Whitecaps, it's, it's like, in, in your wildest dreams, I don't think you could have imagined a start like yeah. this. And then, But then... Two minutes later, it kind of died down again. They just couldn't maintain it. Yeah, they gave TFC another uh, opportunity. Some, uh, you know, the door was still open a little bit for them. What a goal, though! Michael uh, Santos. Yeah, is, have to uh, say that was a bullet. 
And again, but uh, shoddy defending. Yeah. Um, uh, there was, you know, Boxall really didn't close down on Santos quick enough. And uh, I, there was another defender. I think it maybe it was Atlanta Rochot. I can't remember exactly, but I think he kind of let him go as well. So it was kind of shoddy defending. Maybe this the, the, that stuff will clean up as the season goes on. Yeah, but there was no way back for TFC with that. I mean, the White Cats closed closed the game out perfection. Um, Hasley got taken off in the 83rd minute for, for this, um, the, the new Brazilian guy that we've got, C- Camilo, is it? Camilo, something Camilo. like that. Uh, I didn't see too much from him. He's Camilo the, da Silva Sanveso. Yeah. It's a, it's a long name. I think we'll just call him Camilo. Yeah, I, I, I don't see too much from him. I didn't see too much from him, but it was kind of, you know, kill the kill the game moment. So it wasn't yeah. too much to see. Maybe uh, we'll see him maybe in, a, in uh, another home game down the road. And I mean, see it, he's, he's, he's a good option to have on the bench. Yeah. And I think that's how he's probably going to be used this season. But, I, I mean, I was right writing on AFTN about that just before the season started. I like what I've seen from him. When he was on trial down down at the Starfire tournament, I liked what I saw from him. I'm, I'm glad the Whitecaps have given him a chance. But he's the kind of guy that you think is just maybe going to be coming off the bench. Yeah, for I mean, now. There's so many Brazilians around in, in leagues that, that never make it to the top level. I mean, Brazil, they just they just produce all the, all these players. Is he the kind of guy that you think is going to go on and, and make a big career? Is he going to feature internationally for Brazil or, yeah. or get a big money move? No. But, yeah, he's a, he's a good asset to have on the bench, I think. Your overall thoughts on the coach, the Tater Torreson, and how we set up the team? Oh, I mean, he set the, the team up well, 4-4-2. Now, going into this season, there was a few eyebrows raised that Torreson got the job. And I have to admit, I've been on the fence about it. I've been pretty 50-50. I'm, I'm quite torn. I feel Tater deserved his chance to manage the team because of what he'd done, bringing the, the championship to the Caps and doing well at, at D2 level. So he did deserve that chance. I'm not sure that he, he's fully cut out to be an MLS coach. But he's got off to a winning start. And the good thing that he has, though, is he's got people around him that know the league. And he's, yeah. he's got Tom Sohn in the background. I mean, he's done he's done well with, with DC uh, in the past. and Well, I don't know about that. He kind well, of maybe not well, down but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, he's got that experience. And I think that's going to be crucial to, to have that guy like backing, backing, backing him tighter up. up. Yeah, backing and him up. And it's like you've, you've got to give him the season just to see how he does. And if by the end of the season it's not been a good year... Then you make the change. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he... You definitely give him at least a full season. Yeah. The, the only thing I don't like about him, and it's the way that he played at D2 level, his teams can be pretty boring. Mm. And he sets up very defensive teams. But, on the other hand... Maybe that's what you need. Yeah, for, for an expansion team in MLS, you, you need to have a solid defence. And if he can keep this tight defence and we can just nick the odd goals here or there, like 1-0 wins, 0-0 games, 1-1 games, but a lot of like one-goal victories, it's, it's going to be good for the team. So, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on Tater? Uh, Tater, I thought... Uh, I, I agree with you mostly. I, I think it was a, a decision you have to give him a chance. And it is the first year, so even if he doesn't do well, you can always uh, grab somebody that can take over for him down the road. and, and maybe, But you got to give him, like I said, you got to give him the full year. Yeah, and if it doesn't work out, then they'll obviously bring in a, an MLS veteran. They, they'll, they won't go down that road again. Um, but An- Another player who I thought we should talk about, we really didn't get mentioned because he really wasn't in on any of the goals and, and, and wasn't really uh, at fault for the goals against was Jay Demerit. Um, his first game in MLS um, with the Whitecaps, he was the first signing. Cut- well, a couple First of crunching tackles, yeah. and it's like I, I liked his physicality. Yeah. 
not sure whether some of the referees are in MLS how that's going to play out because he's used to playing in the Championship and the Premiership in England where it's a lot more physical. But I, I liked what he brought to the game. I, I liked his crunching tackles. And like he's going to be a big asset going forward. And, and yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw from him. And then the young Canadian, we should talk about him too, Russell Tybert. He set up yeah, the, he eight, set up the corner. Yeah, 18 years old. Well, not, not really set up the corner. He sent in the corner yeah. that eventually turned into a goal. But uh, pretty impressive debut for an 18-year-old at Father Residency. And, like, I, I, I'll admit now, I haven't... I've, I've seen him play in, uh, in residency games. I've seen him play some D2 games for the Whitecaps. I've not been that impressed by him. I don't think that he did enough creativity in going forward to... To merit a start, I was surprised when I saw him in the starting lineup. But I will eat my words. He did well today. I was yeah. really impressed by Tiber. And um, like he's 18, the potential for him is amazing. He is a guy that like you can't see him staying with the Whitecaps for more than a couple of years. Like if we talk about Tiber in three, four, five years' time, this is going to be a Canadian that's gone to Europe, maybe even the Premiership or the Championship in England, and has made a name for himself and is blazing the trail for Canadian players over there, I think. Yeah, there is potential there. And as long as he doesn't get into injury issues or uh, people, you know, screw around with him, with, you know, changing his position and everything, I think he should be fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely one that's for the future. And another guy that... I think there could be a lot of buzz about is the the young Ghanaian uh, Gershon Kofi. Yeah, he, he impressed when the D two he came uh, during uh, in the last season, and he's carried over. And I think he, he he's got something there too. Yeah, I mean he's another guy that ha- seems to be oozing potential, and I, I think the Whitecaps are going to have a solid midfield with, with Kofi and Tybert for a number of years, and then both of them probably hate to say it, but you kind of think they maybe have bigger fish to fry and, yeah. and move on. So just that's the last thing we, to say about the players. Davide Cumiento. Yeah. He was my man of the match. Easily. He set up the first two goals. Yeah, a little guy buzzing about like an angry bee. Actually, more like an angry wasp, probably. Because, yeah. I mean, bees are big, bumbly, friendly guys. That's probably Eric Castley. Um, and Cumiento's the wasp. Yeah. He, he gets in, does the hard work, puts in a hell of a, a shift and... He doesn't disappear from games, which is good. It's like yeah. from start to finish, he's busy, busy, busy. He's always on the ball. And I, I, I think, uh, I, yeah, he, like you said, he's going to be, his connection with Hasley seems to be uh, just starting out. And I think that could develop into something big. And Hasley's our only DP at the moment. Yeah. Do you see the Whitecaps splashing the cash and bringing in that second DP? I think they should. I, 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 it's, it's a big question whether they get somebody big name-wise or you get... Um, whether they get there was rumors about Shevchenko coming over, or they get somebody maybe that they can develop, maybe somebody from a second division that's a young player that they can bring in and maybe develop and then sell off again. So it all depends on what they want to do. Yeah, for me, I wouldn't bring in another striker because you've got Hasley, and it's like you want to have it balanced. I mean, Hasley's looking like a twenty to twenty-five goal season guy. And you maybe want to bring in a, a, a midfielder, maybe... I mean, you've got Kumiento doing well in the wing. I'd maybe like to see a number 10 coming in, um, a strong, offensive midfielder. Playmaker type. So we, we kind of have to look ahead to the season. How, how do you think the Whitecaps are going to do? I mean, it's, it's early days. I don't want to jinx it. And I've, I've been big-mouthing it on the blog and, and the build-up to this. But even though we're an expansion team... Here's my prediction. The Whitecaps, we will make the playoffs in our first year. And then once you're in the playoffs, it's like anyone can win that. 
I just think the white cats are going to be really good this year. I'm really, really confident for this season. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to battle for a playoff spot. I think they'll be right up there. No, definitely in. Um, and but I think it's a great start. And I think you know eventually they will be one of those top twenty-five clubs in the world. Before we wrap up this, um, we're going to have some folk obviously tuning in from the East Coast, Toronto. What did you make of TFC? I thought they were woeful. Yeah, there were there were a lot of holes, but you know, we got a guy like Aaron Winter who who who's you know still building this club. I think I think he's got a good solid pedigree behind him. Um, I think he was recommended by Jurgen Klinsmann, which is good, and I think eventually he'll probably get this team straightened out. Hopefully, not in time for Voyager's Cup because obviously the Whitecaps, you know, looks like if they can keep this up, could be uh, win their first one this year. Yeah, I, hey, I'm going for a League and Cup double. That's yeah, what I'm going not? for. But with, with Toronto, they haven't made the playoffs for four seasons. I'd be amazed on what we saw today if they make it this year. So, I'd be, I mean, five seasons without the playoffs, that's, that's tough for any club. But eventually they're going to make it. There's well, got to yeah, be well, one I mean, year. Obviously, but I, I tell you, what, maybe what not I this would, year, maybe next year. Maybe Winter needs a couple of years to do this. I mean, well, I mean he's, he's got that footballing style that, that's going to do well for them. But I would love, just because I hate my rivals, I would love it if TFC never make the playoffs in their entire history and then go bust. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. So I hope you enjoyed that. I know it's maybe not the most enthralling chat, listening to two guys sitting talking about a game that took place four years ago, but we tried to make it a little bit fun for you. But we had had a thought that if there had indeed been a strike at the start of this season, we were still going to bring you a Toronto post-game show last weekend, and we are going to do it for this game. So when the CBA got agreed, we thought, hey, let's just do it anyway and stick it in this episode. So it was Steve's idea, so I hope you enjoyed that. Now moving back to 2015, the, the Whitecaps this year definitely have what could be an exciting team once everything just starts to click properly. Carl Robinson in his second year in charge of the Whitecaps, and we've spoken a lot to Robbo since he took over in December 2013. Interviews at training, interviews for the podcast, some special one-on-one chats that he's done with us. It's always been great, he's always had time to speak to us, but, but what I thought was we've never really done any in-depth Big questions with Carl Robinson. Get to the bottom of what makes him tick. So we're going to do that over the course of this season. Hopefully seasons to come. So bringing the first one of that today, 100th episode, why not launch another new feature? So it's time for Carl Robinson's Big Question. Questions and answers, So, your big question for this week, stereophonics or super furry animals? Oh, stereophonics, without a doubt. Wrong answer. Whose choice? Mine or yours? Eh. Yours. There you go. <laughs> Cheers. Questions and answers, honesty lies. Yes, no you can't, but you can if you know why. Oh, Robbo, Robbo, Robbo. Stereophonics, great band. 
been to see them loads over the years, and their first album, Word Gets Around, like their debut album, it's fantastic. Some really great tracks in that, Local Boy in the Photograph. Stereophonics and Super Furry Animal, a couple of great bands to come out of Wales over recent years, but Super Furry Animals, for me, hands down, really unique band, great sound, and big football fans. For anyone that doesn't know them, they brought out a single quite a few years ago now, called The Man Don't Give a Four-Letter Expletive Word. And on the cover of that was Cardiff City, or former Cardiff City player, Gavin Friday, flicking the Vs. Now, I know most of you have no idea who Gavin Friday is, but, but Google him, a very interesting character that played for Cardiff City back in the day. But Super Furry Animals are big football fans. They sponsored Cardiff City's, I think it was Reserve or Youth Team that had their name on the strips. And they also brought out a superb video for their single Play It Cool, which featured them playing FIFA and actually being part of the game and being characters in the game. So it should have been the Super Furry Animals. I I don't think I've been as disappointed in Robbo since he didn't play Mosquito last week against Toronto. But we're going to have more of Carl Robinson's big question as the season goes on. If there's anything you would like us to ask him, drop us a line on Twitter at AFTN Canada and we'll try and include that. But now it's time to move on to our final teammate section of the podcast and we're heading back to Russell Tybert. True story. We did these teammate sections down in Portland pre-season when we were down for the tournament down there. Now, I'll be honest, wasn't sure how it was going to work out. Sometimes when I have an idea in my head, it's often better to stay there. That's what my wife says anyway. But as you heard earlier, Jordan Harvey really got into the spirit of things. Now, we did the Canadian one with Russell Tyber earlier on. Difficult form, as we said, because his teammates there have changed so constantly. But when we finished it, we were just chatting. He had said he'd enjoyed it and... I'd said to him I'd done the Whitecaps one with, with Harvey and I wanted to do something different with him. But then he said he wanted to do a Whitecaps one. In fact, he really, really wanted to do a Whitecaps one. So that's what we've got coming up for you now. A little bit of background for it. As we were doing this, the players were filing out of the locker room heading to the bus to take them back to the hotel. So a lot of them are listening to what Russell's saying and wondering what he's talking about, chipping in in the background. Also, Jordan Harvey was standing listening to this as he was with the previous one as well. So he's heckling him a little bit in the background as well. And assistant coach Martin Pert is just sitting alongside from us as well. So that sets the scene, gives you an idea of some of the things that's going to play out. So here's Russell Tybert now, talking Whitecaps, teammates. We are the most reliable Definitely undeniable It's like we're you and I about Teammates, teammates We Okay, so we're back with Russell He enjoyed that so much And now he wants to do a Whitecaps one So, let's see um, Who's your best friend in the Whitecaps? Rapid Fire Rapid Fire Roommate, Sam Arakubi Best trainer? Matthias Lava. No one said Mara Rosales. I thought everyone would have gone for him because he's the guy I always see out there first. Who's the laziest guy away from the pitch? I would go actually. Yeah, Mara Rosales probably my, my answer for best trainer. Who's the laziest guy? Laziest Kikuda. guy. Off the pitch. Lot of speedsters on the team. Yeah. Who do you think is the quickest guy and who's the most deceptively quick guy? Tim Parker. That's what Jordan said as well. For both. Ah. If you were coming up against any of the Whitecaps guys for the opposition, who would you not want to come up against? Kendall Who's the hard man? Kendall. Who's the joker of the pack? Pa. 
and the biggest moaner? Jordan Harvey. <laughs> uh, who's the most intelligent guy in the locker room? Mauro Zalas. Some quick fire ones now. Best taste in music, worst taste in music. I've heard some horrendous music coming out. It's horrendous music. Uh, I like I like punk, so it's Best horrendous. taste in music, I'm going to go with my roommate, Sam Arakubi. Worst taste in music, probably Stephen Bateshire. Best dancer, worst dancer? Uh, best dancer, Pa. Worst dancer, Ethan Sampson. Best dress sense, worst dress sense? Uh, you can't pick Nathan. Uh, best dress sense me Worst dress sense Caleb Clark Now this one you obviously know so much about Best haircut and worst haircut Best haircut me Worst haircut Whoa I could really The worst haircut Has to be <sighs> Let me see uh, there's, there's a, It's up for grabs cause it, Are we talking strictly players or are we talking coaches Go for anyone you want. Can you talk about me? Thanks. No. <laughs> no one talks about him. Yes. <laughs> I would say uh, worst haircut, Jackson Farmer. You can pick one of each if you want as well. Worst coach haircut. Worst coach haircut. Russell <laughs> is? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably uh, Purdy. And the last thing, who's who's the longest in the shower? Uh, who's the longest in the shower? Not in the mirror in the shower, but actually in the shower. Just in the shower, probably Pa, because he's always trying to just mess with people. That's great. Cheers, Russell. Yeah, man. Cheers, man. You too. We are the most reliable, definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates, we So that was our final teammate section for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed putting it together. And as I say, we're going to have some more as the season goes on. Maybe do some residency ones, some USL ones as well. Hope to speak to Robbo as well. Maybe get him to do a teammates one for all the players that he's he's played with over the years. Maybe get Robert Enshaw to do that as well if he signs. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's it. That's our 100th episode coming to a close. Just before we wrap things up, I'll do our usual farewell bit where I'll say, I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. Follow Steve Pander on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. You can read our stuff, AFTN, away from the numbers. We've got our own standalone website, AFTN.ca. You can also read most of our blog posts as well on Canadian Soccer News, CanadianSoccerNews.com. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so you can read all my Whitecaps coverage on there. So just before we do wrap things up, I just want to give some thanks to people that's helped make these last hundred episodes of the podcast possible. First of all, I want to give a huge thank to the Whitecaps and to Nathan Vanstone. We've had amazing access to the players, the coaches, just everyone at the Whitecaps over the last two years. Whenever we've had some kind of bizarre idea that we want to do, they've been happy to accommodate us. Whether it's for some insightful interviews, some profile pieces, or just to ask them what their favourite kind of jam is. And you're going to find out about that in a future episode. That could be another idea that's maybe better in my head. But 
Big thanks to White Cats for all that. Also want to thank our podcast regulars, the guys that are on the round table all the time, Zachary Meisenheimer and Stephen Lamott. Always fun to do those. They're going to be back soon. We're going to have our first round tables of the season coming up. Also want to give a big thanks to the rest of the AFTN team, Jay Duke, Aaron Campbell and our photographer, Tommy Wazik. Jay and Aaron have been part of the podcast over the last 100 episodes as well. You'll hear from them going down the line in the future. And Tom's work is just getting better and better, so check his stuff out on aftn.ca after every home game. I also want to thank the other clubs around MLS that's let us have access to their players. We're hoping to do a lot more pre-game stuff like we did for the Chicago game, speak to a lot of the players in MLS and, and just do a lot of fun stuff around that as well. And I'm saving the final shout-outs for... The, the two people that really make the podcast. The first goes out to Sarah Jickling and the band O'Wells for providing our theme song, which so many of you really like. It, I just think it's a, it's a fantastic song that Sarah came up with. We love it and we're proud to feature it as our podcast theme. You can check Sarah and her band out, theowells.com and Sarah's on Twitter at Sarah Jickling, J I C K. L-I-N-G. And the final thanks goes to you, the listener, for without you guys, there wouldn't be a podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode, all a hundred of them, whether you like us a lot, whether you like us a little bit and there's nothing else to listen to, we appreciate you all. Thanks for being with us and we hope we can bring you another hundred podcasts and a lot more besides. So thank you every single one of you from the bottom of our heart. But that is it for this episode. We'll be back soon with our Orlando pre-game show, so watch for that towards the end of this week. But until then, as always, take care. Thanks for listening, and mon the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.